John's Gospel and chapter 20. If you want to use the Bible in the pub or the holder in front of you, uh, it's on page 1089, otherwise it's on the screens. When I conclude the reading, I will say, this is the word of the Lord, to which you normally would respond, thanks be to God. But I want to suggest you go, thanks be to God, hallelujah. Okay, and, and with that emphasis, is that all right? Let's get there. So we've got 19 verses before we exclaim our hallelujah. John 20, verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb, crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will, I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Mike, uh, for reading to us from John chapter 20. I think I've been singing too hard earlier today and I've run out of puff in my voice, so uh, please be patient with me. We ought to pray, shouldn't we? Let's pray as we come to look at this passage together. Father, we thank you for the good news of Easter. We thank you that the tomb 
was empty. But we now pray, Lord, that our hearts not be empty, but filled with the new life of the risen Christ. Help us to see and understand how Easter is still good news, even for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good, isn't he? He's changed the weather for us just in time uh, for Easter. It makes such a huge difference, doesn't it, when the sun comes out? I didn't realize how depressed I'd been all winter until the sun came out and I started to be nice to people. Fantastic, isn't it? Uh, But what I also love about this time of year is that uh, I've been out into my garden recently and I'm starting to see the new shoots and buds coming out on the trees, the blossoms coming out. And, you, you know, sometimes you just have to stop and go, that's miraculous, isn't it? Really just amazing to see all this new life appearing all around us. I've even found new life appearing all around us in places I didn't expect it to be. Uh, We have a deck, decking in our garden, and I've noticed there's a lot of plants starting to grow through, even through my decking. Very unexpected. Even last year, I found in our bathroom, through the air vent, plants starting to grow through. Has anyone experienced such things? We don't just see life where we expect to find it. We also find life where we unexpected places. Uh, In the the news last week, I saw that um, off the coast of Japan is one of the deepest trenches in the ocean. And uh, there was news that saying, I think some scientists dropped a camera all the way down to the bottom, saying, we're not going to find anything down there in the depths of the earth in the sea. And then, uh, lo and behold, the camera got to the bottom, and there's loads of fish just saying, hi. We're here, tons of fish swimming by, getting on with their day. Life in unexpected places, not just the expected places. Well, um, in our own lives, growing up, for me, uh, we were told where we ought to find life in all the expected places. We're all looking for life, aren't we? We're all looking in different places to find happiness in life to find the life we want. And some of the expected places I was told when I was growing up, it was uh, make sure you get a good education in order that you can get a good job, in order that you can be successful and you'll find a happy life. And then pretty quickly when you find out that's not working, the message becomes slightly different. It's, well, okay, why don't you uh, rather look for life in broadening your mind? Travel, get some experiences, Explore the world and you'll find life. And then you might try a bit of that and you find, well, that was good, but it didn't quite hit the spot. Didn't give me the life I was expecting. So if that doesn't work, what's the next thing the world tries to tell you to do? Well, it might be, well, try and find life by being true to yourself. Find life inside yourself. Find your passions. Who are you? Become the best you. That's the best way to find life. Of course, we all try a little bit of that, don't we? And yes, we might find something, but not quite the life we're looking for. Next, you might try, well, okay, if that fails, you need to find a cause. Do some good. Make a difference in this world. Change the world. It's got so many problems. So we all try a bit of that, don't we? And those are good things to do. We're trying to find life in all the expected places. But sometimes it just doesn't fulfill. So, okay, what might we try next? Where might we find life? 
Well, maybe it's, look, all right, you've tried all those big and noble projects. Why don't you just find the perfect partner for you? Perfect love interest. And so we all try and explore that. But of course, okay, for some are lucky enough to find a good partner, some maybe not, I don't know. But whatever it is, it's still not quite the life we've been looking for. So if all fails, what are we told then? Well, if it all fails, some of us try to just become maybe like a YouTube sensation or something. Make millions and just give in and make the selfish life or whatever, I don't know. But for the followers of Jesus in the Bible, they found life in an unexpected place. They found life not through all those things. They found life in a person, a person called Jesus. Now, many of Jesus' followers, his friends, had tried to look for life in all the expected places, but they were unsuccessful. Some were trying to escape economic hardships. Some were looking for political and ideological reform and freedom. Others were trying to find better homes for themselves and escape abusive or toxic relationships. Others simply knew they'd made a mess of life and were just trying to make, make amends for past mistakes. And all of them couldn't find the things they were looking for until one day they encountered Jesus. The last place they were thinking to look, but they encountered Christ and found real life. A life that they didn't know they were looking for even, in an unexpected place. And Jesus didn't actually give them money or travel or romantic relationships. He didn't even deliver political reform. He delivered something else. A peace of heart. Forgiveness. Hope. Love in the deepest ways, the ways that only can come from God, and they felt fulfilled. But straight after they discovered life in this unexpected place in Jesus, as soon as it had arrived, they soon discovered that it was going to be taken from them. Because they only spent three years with Jesus, and towards the, can you imagine spending that time with Jesus and you found the very thing that's giving you so much life and then you see what happened to him. That they went into Jerusalem together and the disciples were a bit worried, the followers of Jesus were worried. Jesus, if we go to Jerusalem, you know we could get in trouble here and you might even get arrested, bad things might happen and Jesus says, no, we need to do it. And all their worst fears were realized. Jesus was arrested. Jesus was taken from them. He was put on trial, he was sentenced to death, and he was horribly executed. Can you imagine how that must have felt for them? They discovered in an unexpected place life, and they were happy, and then taken away. How must they have felt? Some of us are, are lucky enough in life to find amazing things in life, don't we? Maybe, do you know, I was down the seafront the other day, and there were some people with those, what do you call them, metal detectors, you know what I mean? They were down the beach doing, doing this, and I thought, oh, okay, they must be looking for buried treasure. I don't know if there's any pirates around here, but maybe they're just looking for people who've lost some coins or some rings. But can you imagine after the hours of searching, they, the, the metal detector goes off, beep, 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 
and they dig something up and they find, I don't know, like a, a Saxon hoard of treasure <laughs> or like a, a treasure chest filled with pearls and they're like, oh my goodness. And they load up their rucksacks and they head home and then they notice when they get home, they undo the, the rucksack and I don't know, there was a hole in the bottom of the bag and everything had fallen out and they'd lost their great treasure. From up here to suddenly down here. Now I know there are many of us, even here this morning, who've experienced great loss in life. Great loss. Feeling like you've discovered a treasure in life and then lost it. Doesn't that sometimes feel like life will never be the same again? Or can there really be any hope? I found life and lost it. Well, Jesus' followers felt really like that. They found the best thing ever, and it was taken away. But if we look closely at the story, we're going to notice also that they do actually, though, find life again in the most unexpected places. Let me just focus on three people in the story. Uh, One is going to be the thief on the cross, when Jesus, we didn't have it read, but when Jesus died on the cross, there was two criminals crucified next to him. Uh, One of them was a thief who turned to Jesus for help. The second person we're going to look at is uh, Jesus' mum, Mary. And the third person is another Mary called Mary Magdalene who discovered the empty tomb. So let's just briefly look at those three people, how they discovered, though, life again in an unexpected place. Think about the thief on the cross for a moment. He had made a total mess of life, hadn't he? Well, he must have, because he was found as a criminal to be dying on a cross. Perhaps he had been looking again in all the expected places for life, but it was too late now. He had wasted his life. He had made mistakes, taken wrong paths. Could he still find true happiness in life? And true happiness in life? He's running out of time, isn't he? And yet, amazingly, even in his last few minutes of life, he discovers the greatest treasure of all. That he turns and looks to his side, and lo and behold, there's Jesus being crucified next to him. And he turns to Jesus and says, Jesus, you didn't deserve this. I did. I made a mess. But he turns to Jesus and he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus looks at him and says, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Talk about finding life in unexpected places. He had wasted his whole life, maybe. But in the last few minutes, he discovers true, eternal life. Amazing. That's the wonder of Christianity, is that we might think, oh, I've lived long, but I'm not getting anywhere, haven't done the things I want to do in life, and I'm drawing to the end of it, maybe, even. But can I just tell you, the Christian hope is a hope right up into the last breath of life. Jesus can be found even in the last moments, and everything gets turned around. Okay, so that's the thief, finding life in an unexpected place. And then there's Mary, Jesus' mum. Now, where was she? She was actually stood at the foot of the cross, 
while Jesus was dying. Can you imagine the kind of loss she would be experiencing at that point? I don't think there can be a worse kind of pain in life than a mother watching her son die. Unbelievably difficult and tragic for her. Yet even in those moments, she herself finds unexpected life. Where does she find it? Well, in John chapter 19, verse 26, just a few verses before we heard read earlier, let me read them to you. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, that's John, standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. So Jesus is dying on a cross and he sees his mother in a terrible grief and loss and tragic situation and his heart goes out to her and he looks at his other friend, John, and he says, you two look after each other. You two are now family. I'm going, I'm I'm dying, but you two will become family to one another. You'll have life together. And from that moment on, John took Mary into his home and they looked after one another. I think that's a beautiful thing to see. That in the midst of this dying Lord and Saviour, he creates a community. He creates a new family. Now, friends here today, may I suggest that that is what church is. That through Jesus' body broken and his blood shed, he creates a new family. Whether you have a mother or whether you have brothers or sons or daughters, actually it doesn't matter so much as in through Jesus you can have another family, a new family that truly takes care of one another, a place you can belong. You know, so many people's experience when they come to church, maybe even for the first time, they may not understand everything, but suddenly sometimes we come and we think, I found a new home a place to belong, a new family filled with love. That's the beginning of it, the cross, where Mary and John experienced new family life. And it's all made possible by the blood of Christ. And actually, water flows from his side as well. Do you remember that? Blood and water. And that reminds me, of course, there's baptism and communion, the sacraments that Jesus uses to create and sustain family life for all that would come. Isn't that discovering life in a very unexpected place through the death of Jesus Christ? We wouldn't expect to find life there, but we do. Okay, last person we were going to look at was um, Mary Magdalene, another friend of Jesus, who Jesus had set free from all kinds of a troubled past that she had. She was very troubled. But Jesus set her free in her lifetime. So she was someone who really followed Jesus closely and loved him dearly. And of course, she was bereft as well at the death of Jesus. But she goes to the tomb early on that Sunday morning to uh, lay some flowers, bring some spices to to anoint the tomb and Jesus' body. She expects to find only death and hopelessness. And she goes there to grieve. But in that unexpected place, she does find life. Because what does she discover when she gets there? She discovers an empty tomb. That Jesus wasn't there. 
Actually, the tomb wasn't empty. Did you notice in the story who was actually in the tomb? There were two others in the tomb, two angels. So she saw it wasn't empty, that there were actually two living angels in there. That must have been a bit of a shock. And it says that there was one angel at one end of um, the place where Jesus was laid and another angel at, at the head end. Can you picture that? Imagine this is the, the table where Jesus was laid in the tomb and there was an angel either side. Now, um, if you're a keen Bible student like me, you might go, that reminds me of another picture in the Bible, another table where there's two angels either side. And it reminds us of a, of a, of a place called, uh, in the temple, do you remember the temple? There's a place called the Most Holy Place, a very sacred room where there's a table with two angels called the Ark of the Covenant. Maybe some of you have heard of the Ark of the Covenant. And so it reminds us of that scene that in the most holy place, there's two angels that signify the most holy presence of God. And no one could ever go into that room other than one person, the high priest, and that only once a year because it was such a holy place of encounter with God that no one was actually holy enough to go there. But now, Mary Magdalene steps into the most holy place where she expected to find only death, darkness and hopelessness. She actually discovers the place where the presence of God is most manifest. Do you remember when Jesus died on the cross in the temple there was a curtain that was torn from top to bottom. It was a miracle that showed all the Jewish people, that now the way back into the most holy place is now open through the death of Christ. And Mary experiences it. Because as soon as she steps into that most holy place, who turns up? Jesus. She meets with Jesus. She encounters God in probably the most unexpected place. That is the wonder of Easter. It's not just about a happy ending for a Jewish carpenter who had a tough time, but it ended well. It's about hope for us all. It's about all of us being able to find true life, even in the place we think is the most horrible, hard, and difficult place, even death. See, for Christians now, death has been turned from something that it feels like the final end and place of hopelessness. And Jesus has turned it to the place of encounter with God. For Christians, when we step through that doorway into death, we do it with eyes wide open, seeing the face of God, knowing that it's just a gateway into the most holy place. I think that's worthy of finding out more about, isn't it? I think perhaps that's a message that we need to bring to the world that I know I've done it. We all look for life in all the obvious places. Fun, entertainment, money, travel, relationships, whatever it is, all good things, but we think we're going to find ultimate life in those places. We don't. We don't. The Christian's experience is that we find God at the cross. 
and in the most holy place of the empty tomb. Can I just flag it up again at the Alpha Course and say, isn't that a great opportunity to find life perhaps in an unexpected place at a church, studying the Bible with other Christians? Maybe that sounds horrific to you. It would have to me. Before I was a Christian, that sounded horrendous. I wouldn't want to do that. But if you take a step of faith and say, I'm going to try it, you might find life in an unexpected place. Shall we pray? (coughs) Father, we thank you that through your Son, Jesus Christ, you have made the worst possible place into a precious place of encounter with you. Father, I know we've all been searching for life in all the obvious places, but help us this Easter to find Jesus Christ perhaps in unexpected places, in the hard times of life, in the fellowship of church, at the cross of a dying Saviour, but also, Lord, for those of us who've had to look death more closely than we would like to, May we see actually the hope of the risen Lord Jesus in there. Father, speak to us all this spring, this Easter, and may we all carry about with us then the risen Christ, wherever we go from this day forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.